Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. So to kick things off today, we have an amazing episode planned that we just planned yesterday, actually. So if you're coming on live, I'll give you guys a few seconds to join in live. Um, But today I'm going to bring her in now. I'm bringing in Rona, who is here. Let me put the screen like this. Yay. Okay. So first of all, hi, Rona. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk. We were just talking a lot already. but Rona's here because she went through the process, like really went through the process. So what we want to do today is for those of you who are still struggling with food, this is consuming a lot of your mental energy, physical energy, emotional energy. This episode will hopefully shed some light for you on how to make these shifts out of that place. I see we've got already. Oh, yay. All right. We got people here. Hello. Hello. Uh, Let me know if you're here. Give me a thumbs up. And I know that people are probably still finding it in the group as well. But so, Rona, let's just jump in because we have a lot. We were just talking about how much we want to cover today. So let's let's roll. Can you first set the stage on how this kind of all started for you? Like, what were your struggles with food? How was it looking for you to day to day? Sure, sure. So um, like I was telling you, I did make some notes because there's so much I want to say. So I just, if I look down, you'll know that I'm just sort of making sure I'm, because I really want to make it, I I really want to express how impactful this has been for me. So to answer your question, um, where I was, was in this total downward spiral. And it was as bad as not wanting to continue like this. Like I didn't want to have to get up every day if I had to face myself like this again and again and again. Um, It was um, just binging almost daily and the pain, the physical pain that I felt in my stomach and the headaches and the, you know, while I wasn't on any medication and I was still like, you know, healthy according to my, you know, uh, to test and all of that, I was like, like totally sick. Everything hurt. Like, and I was just, I, I was, I needed relief or I didn't want to go on. Honestly, that's, that's the truth. It was just, um, over consuming every day, day in and day out and the shame and the pain and the guilt and the, um, and it was literally soul sucking. It was that behavior was uh, killing my life. So. And this had been, this started when you were what, 16, you said? Yeah, like 16, 17, it wasn't as bad. Um, and I had, you know, lost weight and gained weight by like white knuckling it throughout the years. Um, which of course it always came back because I didn't change who I was or I didn't address the real issues. Um, But I've been dealing with this for almost 38 years, but no more. But no more. And I thought for sure, nobody could fix me. Nobody could fix me. I've tried everything. I took drugs. 
I uh, tried every diet. I mean, when I say every single thing, it's every single thing I have done. Um, and so I'm not so proud of, but um, yeah, anything to stop it. And I just couldn't, I felt like I couldn't and I was unfixable. And that was like, I just hit rock bottom. I was so depressed, like how, how can I live this way? I'm not connecting to people. I'm not, I'm not present when I'm with them because I'm so consumed with this drama that I've created. Um, and it was a, it was, it was, it was hard. It was a really hard time for many, many years. Do you remember when you first reached out to me, what you said? I said a lot. <laughs> You remember, I remember like the panicked feeling, right? But I don't, uh, and the crazy, crazy angst, but I don't know what particular thing. Yeah. So you reached out to me through Facebook Messenger and we had like voice memos going back and forth. And one of the things that I remember that I'll share with you, if that's okay. Sure. Is not the panic, but I mean, I do remember the panic, <laughs> but there was this like, moment where you said that I had said something in some other podcast where I had asked or said, like, is this the hill you're going to die on? Mm, yes. And your like mental, emotional answer was like, no, this is not going to be the hill that I die on. And you said that and you were like, I don't know what the thing was. Maybe you can shed some light on this, like what the thing you was, because you had tried so many things. So I imagine it took a ton of bravery and I know that you, you, even though you decided to enroll and make the leap, I know there was a lot of fear happening while you were making that leap. Yeah. So what was it that, that kind of made you feel like this was different or just pushed right. you to do that? So firstly, when you, when I heard you use the term, cause those are your words, right. That I was listening to about dying on this hill. It was like a real death. Like if I don't fix this, I am going to, to die sick because this, I can't, I'm 59 now and my body just can't maintain it. So that struck me. I have chills when I hear it now because I was like, you have a son, like, what are you doing? Right. You can't give up on yourself. Right. So that's, uh, I do remember that. And I, when we started to work, like when I joined, I was like, how does this like tiny little bubbly thing, like, no, what? I'm going through, right? Like I thought, <laughs> you know, like really could she, like nobody is, and I thought for sure, nobody is worse than me. Like I treat myself the worst, right? This is what I thought. And then every time I came to you in the beginning, like, oh, she can't, nope, she's not gonna know. Like, it wasn't like I was testing you, but I thought, how could she possibly know? Because nobody knows like, this is like really what I do or how bad it is or or how, something is and you had a response that was spot on for me resonated with me and i knew i was like she gets it she knows and i know i just get chills all the time because you've gone through it and and it is so genuine and so real because it's like yes like really that that's and the answer was so spot on for me that i knew at least in my journey that this was the answer, you were the answer, you had the answers or you had the guidance. And I was like, wow, right, okay, right? And even when I tried to like, I remember you kept me on and I was like, I didn't do a thing. And you're like, listen, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you want to be like done with this, do what I tell you to do. 
It was kind of like that. Right? And I was like, I got my hand slapped, but it was what I needed, right? Because I was so full of excuses and felt so bad, like, like I just can't be fixed. And I changed that belief to be open to the possibility that I can change and to trust you and Shahar and to trust the pro the process. And um and it worked. <laughs> And you were so receptive. Um, when I remember when that happened, when it was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, listen, Rona. <laughs> and you were like, okay. <laughs> I know, I got, I got, I got, yeah, but it was, it, it was perfect. It was perfect. Because if you let, if you had let me go down that hole with um, half-ass trying, sorry, pardon my French, you know, then I would have gotten a half-ass result. Yeah. Yeah, and you, boy, did you show up. So so let's talk about when you first started, because um, what I always like to say, you know, to everyone who's listening is that, you know, there's this huge, especially with, um, uh, I guess, weight loss transformation, the way we see it on TV and everything. It's like this before and after. And then you just kind of see like the Rocky style montage of the in-between without really getting like a sense of the in-between. So I was wondering if you could share some of the first experiences or moments that you had when you were like, okay, this is working. Like this is different. This is not compulsion. Like what's, what's I have the greatest thing. It's when um, you had me um, grab a food that I wanted to eat. You're going to remember this, right? And just smell it. Just smell it. And that simple act, it was a corn muffin, actually, right? And it was really And so I smelled it. And it was like, I was like, I didn't even take a bite of it. And my body felt like you talk about, um, what is it called? Food tra um, body trauma or your body? What, what is it that you call it where your, your body's a trauma response that you don't even have to eat the food, but your body is so used to reacting a certain way with certain foods that your body goes there. So I can tell you that smell immediately put me into um, judgment, disrespect, um, self-loathing. I didn't even eat it yet. All I did was smell it, but my body went through this thing. And I was like, holy, holy crap. Like this, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. And then I remember I had to journal or do something. And I had this little tiny corn muffin sitting on my computer. And I was like, I'm writing with it. And it's right there. And it's okay. And I'm safe. And I'm learning to trust my body. And I'm learning to trust what I need. And it's just a corn muffin, right? It has no power over me. And it was just amazing. That was probably the biggest thing. It was the thing that I avoided, which is what you you got on me about anyway. It was like, I'm like the food, of, ah, you know what? Ah, it's not about cravings. I, I had the answers in my head, I thought. But when I did what you told me to do, and I had this little incident with the corn muffin and my body reacted so severely and my mind went crazy with thoughts and I hadn't even taken a bite. I knew, I knew that things were shifting like this, like this, this is, this is, this is going to be the answer if I just follow through. So. Yes. Uh, I love, I, I remember that corn muffin experience and you had it with, and that's the thing is, is we, we've saw it also with other people too, what, who, and it's that theme of, 
whenever we're afraid of something, the answer is always like, that's, that's your path. That's your way through. That's your way out. Like lean into the challenge rather than try to avoid the challenge or say, oh, that's not really for me. <laughs> that's not, that's not relevant to me. <laughs> but right. when we lean in, it's like, ooh, stuff's coming up. But that's it the is. thing, like you said, we do it in a safe way. It's not in a way we're not here to traumatize, to further traumatize people. And like we were talking about before we went live here, this isn't about like digging up the past and, you know, remembering all the traumas and trying to work through those like you might in talk therapy or something, but it's learning how to be with what is in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that part of it that I don't have to figure out what caused it, what, you know, it just is what it is. And um, let's deal with now what, what's on what's in front of you now. And so I love that I didn't have to peel back any like onion skins and go and figure out because it's not even about any of that. Right. It's just what's happening now. And I'm a big believer in the power of the present moment. And uh, yeah. so Yeah, exactly. It's all we need to know is where you are right now, where you want to go. That's it. It's amazing. I was talking to Shahar about it the other day. For those of you guys, if this is the first episode you're listening to, Shahar's the Mindset Coach in our program. And we were talking about it. And I was like, you know, so many of our, our clients, like, I don't even know their whole history, like their whole story, all the dramas with food. All I know is how they showed up, where they wanted to go, and now they're there. <laughs> That's it. We don't need to know anything else. Right. Um, and if you had told me that this is all I had to do. I mean, there's work involved, right? But it's not like, how do I say it? It's, um, so if you just do the steps and trust the process and put yourself in it 100%, like it really isn't difficult. Like that's the crazy thing. And if you had told me, oh, you know, Rona, just do these things, I would be like, nope, I don't, Sorry, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't, I can't believe it. That's all it takes. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been amazing. It's been transformative for me on so yeah. many levels. Yeah. My, my mom, it's funny that you said that because my mom went through this, an iteration of this program about three years ago now. And um, when I was enrolling my mom, <laughs> which was holy moly, um, she said, she's like, Katie, because she wasn't only afraid of failing herself, she was afraid that she would fail me. And then like, I would doubt my whole profession <laughs> and life path. And she goes, she goes, are you sure I'll be able to do this? Like, I've, and I was like, mom, I've seen you go through so many diets and things. And I promise you, this will be easier than everything you've ever tried. Like, okay, but it is. It is that's it's not always easy in the sense of yeah, you gotta show up and do the work and it's simple. I'm sorry, let me close the door. So sorry. from here, let's let's talk about um let's talk about the idea of falling off a wagon. Sure. Um, because one of the fears that comes up for people I know, and you, if, for those of you guys who are listening, if you can just let me know in the comments, if you have 
fallen off the wagon before. And if this is a fear of yours is falling off the wagon with whatever you choose to do something. In other words, I feel like I can do something really well for a certain period of time, but then I can't stick to it. So Rona, because you've, you're now, you've gone through this experience yourself and you've experienced the ups and downs. Oh, Lita's here. Awesome. I'm happy to see you, Lita. Yes, Lita has had the fear of falling off the wagon. We all, I have as well. Um, so can you share, Rona, what's your perception now? Like, how did you kind of get this idea that this is not a falling off the wagon kind of thing? Okay. Um, you get what I'm asking? I do. I do. Um, I have a lot of notes about that. And so I'm just looking down, but I, so let me just sort of tell you this, that, so for the longest time, I disassociated with my body, right? I lived in my head and I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to um, acknowledge it. Like it didn't exist in my world, right? And so um, when we, are, when I went through this process and I did the work, right? Um, one of my rules was, and this is leading up to your question as to, I know it's not a fall off the wagon because it's, it's literally changed the way I live my life. Right. So um, my rule was um, I wasn't going to judge anything about myself, what I was doing. There was whenever the, the a little judgment voice came in, I was like, no, absolutely not. This is my rule. I will not judge. I was suspended judgment for this time because I wanted to give this program like uh, everything right? Because I wasn't going to die on this hill. I just wasn't. And so when I removed that judgment, it created this space, ooh, getting chills, to just allow a little bit of self-loving, right? And so coupled with that and the work that I was doing, I began to feel like, well, why would I want to do that to myself, right? Like, why would I want to eat it to the point where like, I, I can't even fit anything else in, in my body. Right. Why? So I don't know if it's a direct answer, but I can just tell you that when you begin to shift, when I began to shift, it was much greater than any aspect of the food. Cause the food is just food. It's not doing anything to you. It's just there. And it's all your thoughts and the drama and the thing and the judgment around it all. So for me, it's not falling off the wagon because number one, um, and the greatest thing is, and this is what also then propels more of the feeling of this is my life. Because when I removed the judgment from myself, I began to remove judgment of others. When I began to love myself more, I began to, my capacity to love myself was equal to, I was able to have a greater capacity to love others around me, right? So it became this whole, like, uh, it became a natural way to be that now when I decide I want to have ice cream for dinner, right? I'm not falling off the wagon. I'm making a choice and it's just, I'm having ice cream for dinner. There's no wagon to fall off of. There's no whatever. I'm going to enjoy it or I'll stop because it's not enjoyable because I don't want to hurt this body that now I've taken under my wing, right? That you talk about building this relationship with your body, which is a body that I shunned and was the self-loathing. Like, I cannot tell you how bad, like, I feel that I treated my body, right? 
forgetting about the food, the thoughts and all of that. So getting back to your question, I hope it sort of answers and you could sort of ask another question if it didn't, but it, it's not about falling off anything. It's just a way of being that now that you've created this awareness, right, of this body that you want to nurture and take care of, that the thought of even doing something to that extreme doesn't even exist in my world. So, and, you know, I, I, so there is a little bit of debris. It's like this little dance, right? Where you feel like, okay, so I had that ice cream and I know the old version of me would be like, oh, you have to like, you know, not have dessert, like, you know, for the next month. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? We all know people who are watching, I'm sure realize there's some restriction or there's some rule you're going to make because you've done, you've fallen off the wagon. But when you just decide there's no judgment. It's all about self-love and what you need and whatever. I'm going to have ice cream for dinner. And it's not just, a, it's, it's not a major event. It's just, it's just that. And then you keep going, right? It's like, so there is a little bit of debris that comes up, but the more time that I am, um, I'm doing this right. And I'm thinking about it and I'm loving myself more and caring more about how my body feels. And I'm actually feeling how my body feels. Cause that's a whole nother thing we didn't talk about. Right. I didn't even pay attention to what my body was feeling. Didn't matter. I didn't care. It was like, Nope, you don't exist. I only exist from here to here. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I got a little off track. I can't hear you. I was saying, I agree with you. And I feel like that's a common thing is we're like these floating heads detached from any sensation in our bodies. And I remember, um, by the way, I'm just going to interrupt myself for a second, because I know your friend Rita, who you said was going to be listening today. She just commented, Rona, I love you. And so proud of you. So. Oh, hi. I can't see any comments. So. Yeah. And Lita just said, yeah, she totally relates to the tomorrow. I'll eat nothing to make up for the binge. Um, somebody else wrote, yes, falling off the wagon, lost weight only to gain it back. Um, the more you guys comment, it, it helps us to also connect with you. If you have questions and stuff, please feel free. We'll try to get to them if we can. Um, but I just wanted to circle back to the, to the body listening piece, because that's one of the things that we teach. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but in your first weeks, you were like, I still can't, there, there's nothing happening. Like I can't feel any signals. Yeah. <laughs> Am I broken? Is there something wrong? But a lot of people- there was a there was like a spectrum, right? So you know when you've eaten way too much, but there's this whole other area in between not eating and eating to the point of hurting. And it was that in between part that I disassociated with like I couldn't figure out am I really hungry is this hungry like I don't even know right so it was learning learning to to you know build to learning what your body is is doing and thinking because I for so long it's part of me didn't ex I didn't I didn't want to see it didn't want to acknowledge it didn't like it and it hurts me now it hurts me now to think how cruel I was to my body that did nothing but support me bounce back every time. Right. It's just like, I feel, you know, it breaks my heart that I was so brutal to myself, to my body. 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys are friends now. We are. We are. <laughs> we are. And I love her and I, I respect her and I've built this trust up and I don't want to break that trust. And I can't even imagine, we were saying this before we come, came on, any situation now, anything, there is nothing in my life that would bring me back to that place because I'm not that person anymore, right? Like there is not an event, a triggering, like nothing. And even if I were to overindulge in something, right, where maybe I had two desserts or something like that, right, I would know that, okay, this is something else. Like it would be, it's just incomprehensible for me then to continue to eat until, you know, incessantly, right? So now it's like, okay, you had your thing, right? It's what you needed. It's okay, right? It's done out of kindness and love and respect, not like, how could you, why, like, you're just this, there, there's just, there's just no judgment. It's just, it's just loving yourself up, loving yourself up. And my level now, my standard is different. It's higher. It's like, and I just, there's just a line I won't cross. And that's, I think, a big thing, because it's the, it's the difference between compulsion and choice. And when we feel compulsive, right? It's like, we don't want to cross that line, but we do because on some deeper level that is feeding something for us. And that's why I always say it's not enough to just, if you want a healthy relationship with food, it's not enough to just try to force yourself to eat healthy things. We know this. Otherwise the first 20 diets would have worked. But if they didn't, then there's obviously something deeper at play and it won't be solved by the 21st diet or by cutting a part of your stomach out or by, you know, any of these things that we're trying to do or putting locks on the cabinets. Um, it, when the problem is internal, it cannot be solved by the external. That's exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I've changed who I'm. I'm being, and um, and it's through this the steps, right, that I learned, and you know, and I don't have to like dig up, like we said before, the why, because it doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter, right? It's like you, the things that you teach are very. Um, more in the moment. I don't even know how else to describe it, but you don't have to, you know, release all this past trauma and, you know, like go through all of this stuff to have yeah. it work. I'm a Analyze all the things. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, I mean, you saw, we tend to, I think, and I think a lot of people who binge eat do tend to be more kind of type A, analytical, intellectual kind of overthinkers. And so we try to solve problems that way. And this type of problem cannot be solved that way. And the more we try to overanalyze, the further we get from the actual solution. And I feel like you really internalize that concept through these practices. We have to like, it's something the mind can know, but the body also needs to know. 
And that's what these practices are ultimately for. Right. And that was the biggest challenge. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. That was the biggest challenge was, was, um, accepting my body and getting in touch and that there is a relationship that exists. And you speak about how, you know, your body uh, speaks to you in a different language than your mind thinks, than your mind communicates. And it's getting in touch with those signals and why that's important. Right? And so, yeah. For me. Yeah, the body speaks a radically different language. And if we want to have a healthy relationship with our bodies, we got to learn it. <laughs> There's no way around it. We can yeah. fight and scream all we want, but if you want the fastest route, that is the fastest route, the end. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I just want to address one thing too, which is not something like in my notes, but um, so here I'm, what I'm realizing is like the grace and the patience for myself, because here I haven't been consuming nearly the amount of food and the weight is, coming off not that it matters I get it but whatever but you know I you you can get I can get impatient and think oh well why isn't you know shouldn't it be my weight just be coming off proportionate to the amount that I'm eating but what I understand now is there's like energetics about it right there is like um your body has to feel safe yes. to release it and like that's a huge thing. So I could see it, it's beginning to change. I don't even know what I weigh because I don't weigh myself, but I could see my body changing as I'm letting it relax, as I'm letting it know like it's not gonna be traumatized anymore, that it's safe with me, that I'm gonna protect it. And I could begin to see it change in the mirror, right? So like I thought when like, you know, I was fixed, like all of a sudden now, right, I'm going to be like, I had these different expectations. But what I really understand now is that you build this safe, loving, nurturing relationship with the body that I didn't want anything to do with. And when it feels safe, I know that it'll just start to to be all it can be. Like I'm allowing it to be whatever it will be on its own because it's safe. And if I believe, which I do, that we can create perfect health, right? That we're sort of, anyway, that's a universal thing, but um, that it will allow itself to go back to its its healthiest state if I just um, keep it um, protected and safe and and, you know, don't abuse it anymore, which is, it, I don't. Yeah. Not. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge, I would say, misconception that we either need to choose food freedom or we need to choose being healthy. Whereas reality, those two things are the same <laughs> and they go together. And you're right. It's, it is energetics. And some people might not understand what we're talking about with that. Um, I think the science also supports it because we know biologically and metabolism wise and all these things make sense, but the body must feel safe in order to release. And the fact that you're already noticing like changes in shape or whatever, these are the signs, these are the signs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't have to choose, oh, I'm either going to have an eating disorder and have the chance of being thin, or I have to fix my eating disorder. And then I'm just going to be stuck at an unhealthy weight that I'm unhappy with. You can have the best of all the worlds. 
Um, and a big part of that is going to be the trust, but I just see it happen all the time. <laughs> so for me, it's just obvious that I want to like shake people sometimes when they're like, no, I need to count calories. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is what has caused all of this drama and weight gain for you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you describe Rona, if you were to just look back, cause now it's been probably a couple months. Someone just asked, I just want to address this question, is intuitive eating the same thing? Um, I will share, and I talked about this in another podcast, um, looking, I think it was season two with Nia, Nia's story, because she had done intuitive eating before working with us. The thing about intuitive eating is the principles are good, I think, because um, it's about listening to your body and all that stuff. But the problem most people have with that is implementation. And so a lot of times when people try to practice intuitive eating, what they do is they lift all the restrictions and then they binge on all the things that they always told themselves they couldn't have. And then they're freaking out, panicked, and then they throw in the towel. And I think a big problem there is implementation. And um, what I always say, and Rona, you can attest in our program is theory is 1%. Practice is 99%. And if you don't know how to properly practice, you will not get the results because the theory is just 1% and cannot carry you the whole way. Um, so I would say intuitive eating is has some sound principles, but I would say it is not the same thing. Um, can you describe, Rona, some of the big differences? Just because I know that some people have a hard time imagining the difference between you know how I feel about the word normal, but <laughs> like the binge eating self versus like how you are now with this new, more peaceful relationship with food and with yourself. Okay. So the older version of me didn't even want to wake up because I didn't want to have to deal with food. What I was going to eat, what I wasn't going to eat, you know, was it going to be a good day? Was it going to be a bad day? Like just the anticipation of figuring out my day around food. Um, and then of course, if the second I ate something that I considered bad, it was just, I blew it. And I was just gonna binge for the rest of the day. Right. And I mean, and it was pretty severe, my binges. So now I'm more playful with food. So when I decided that I was going to have ice cream for dinner, right? This is a dramatically different where I only allowed ice cream in my house if I knew I was going to do it this day, but then I wasn't going to have it like for the rest of the week. Like I was like trying to figure out how the ice cream is going to fit into my life. So I went to the market to get some groceries and I wasn't even thinking about buying it. And I saw all these really great flavors and I was like, how fun would it be to have ice cream for dinner? I don't really know if I want it. I was like looking at flavors and it just represents so much of a different way of thinking. Um, so I picked something I really wanted without worrying about what the fat content, the calorie count is, what I'm going to have to, am I going to have to exercise or what I'm going to have to give up? I was just like, I'm just going to do, just going to get it. And it wasn't, there was no drama, no judgment around it. And it wasn't even like it was going to be for dinner. It was just like, I'm going to have this. And if I'm still hungry, I'll have something else or whatever. And so I ate it and I ate it. And I enjoyed it. And it was like, it was like a fun little thing like I did with, I don't know, like I do with my son where sometimes we have like backward days, right? Or whatever. And then 
it was it was it it was it i didn't I, the old me would be like oh, you know well you blew it so let's just continue eating like crap because tomorrow you'll start again um but there was none of that and I, there was no compulsion to want to beat myself up or whatever it was just i had a really great tasting flavored ice cream for dinner and i moved on like it wasn't anything and so that shift is huge. I, don't... I keep muting myself and then I talk and I forget I muted myself. Um, I remember when you were restricting ice cream in the beginning um, and you were, because that was the trigger food of yours, right? Ice cream. Well, I don't know if I have a, tr I never saw it as a trigger, right? It was like, so for me, if I wanted to binge and there was no ice cream, I'm going to find something to binge on. I don't care because it was like, I'll have just slices of toast if that's all that I have in the house, right? But mm -hmm. ice cream in my house mm -hmm. would be like, oh, I'm well aware that it's in there, right? So I don't know if yeah. you would call that a trigger. I don't know how you would class I, I, it. I, I, place that in the trigger food it's a trigger okay so then I, yeah so ice cream's a trigger okay so because i re well i remember the reason why it stands out to me is because i remember um when you hadn't you were still kind of in that restriction mindset around it and the more you were trying to restrict it the more you were eating it and a lot of people think like oh well if i stop restricting i'm going to eat so much of it but really it is the energy of restriction that causes that so the more if you're noticing like the more you're trying to not eat something and then you binge on it like there you go and right. i remember i was getting from you all of these messages right at the start about <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing how far you've come and it's not like yeah. you, you have ice cream for dinner every day is that a thing that you think about no, I don't even. And there's ice cream in there now because I, you know, my son. And it's like I, it doesn't even, you know, the mantra that you have, right? Which is, you know, I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, however much I want. There's so much relief in that, right? When you do all the other parts, right? So <laughs> yeah, like not, it won't work on its own without the other parts. Right, right. It doesn't work on its own. <laughs> but when you do the other work, right? It's like you can finally exhale. I don't have to walk into my kitchen with my fists up going, okay, you know, what's going to come at me? What am I going to do? Is it going to be okay? Like it was, it's crazy. And actually when all the drama left, I was like a little nuts. I don't know if I shared it with reader or other people in a, in a group that I'm in, but I was like, what do I think about? Like, what? <laughs> like, who am I? Like, Honestly, it, it was it was disconcerting because so much time and energy was spent on thinking and like you know dealing warring with food you know which is crazy to me now. And then when it was all gone, like I really had to figure out who I am in that space now because it freed up so much like mental space and time and. There's like a whole creative side of me that's now can come out. And when I'm with people, I can really connect with them because I'm not thinking, well, is there going to be food there? Is there not food here? And did, oh, I ate that cake. Are you having cake? Like, you know, like it's, 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 I'm connecting with 
the people, right? I can tell you, I have so many non-memories of events of things where people said, well, hey, don't you remember? I'm like, no, I don't remember. So I don't remember because I wasn't there because I was so wrapped up in my own head that I didn't attend to where I was at and who I was with. And that's sad. That's time. That's lost. But thank God, right? I learned what I learned when I learned it. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. So what's your mentality looking forward now? Well, it's just doing more of the same, right? So, um, and honestly, it's become kind of natural. So I feel like whatever I'm doing, I'm not really like thinking about it too much. So I'm just sort of being. And so really, I think my the, the, the strategy is um, when I feel some debris of whatever past, that I acknowledge it, I embrace it and just go, okay, right? That's not, and, and because you can't, you can't pretend it doesn't exist, right? There are gonna be things that come up um, and like personal triggers, like I had a trigger with my, my mom and I didn't turn to food. And so I didn't need to, because when you learn to listen to your body and, and become more present, then you can address all of the different things that come at you, right? So this is not just about food. It literally changes how you respond to life in general, I think. And so going forward, it's just more of the same and realizing and acknowledging what still might be there, but knowing that I, it's, I don't have to act on it, right? I just can embrace it and let it go and sit with it. And if I decide, you know what, even though I had lunch, I'm going to have like, you know, cookies. It's okay. Right. It's like not a thing anymore. So does that answer the question? Sure does. Sure does. And I was curious if you guys are listening, you can write in the comments if you've had a fear of what would happen if you no longer had food issues. Cause a lot of times we're, we're afraid of failure. That's the obvious fear, but there's also a fear of success. Like, what do I do with my time? What do I do with my mental energy? What do I do with my thoughts? Um, what do I do if I need to cope with something and I don't use food anymore? How do I do that? So I was curious if the, anyone who's listening, if you write in the comments, like um, if you've ever had that thought or that fear, any kind of fear of success. But I feel like, you know, once you're in it, you know, you had that moment, right? Of what do I do? But then you're just now you're doing and you're being present yeah. in your life. You just fill it with other things naturally. And it comes to you because you have the space now, right? You're, you go, oh yeah, I, like you just begin to think of other things. Like it just doesn't, I don't know, it's crazy. I know, listen, if you had told me months ago that I'd be saying these things, I would be like, no way, no way. Well, I, I did tell you that and you did say no way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really true like 95% of the time, more than that, I want to say. It's, I don't, I I feel like bold, like I shouldn't even say it, but like 99.9% .9 of the time I'm not turning to food. I really am not. It's not even a, and I don't even know how that happened. I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, it, like I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth. So. That's amazing. What would you say to someone who is 
in that point of fear like you were in when you were like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Is like, what's going to happen? Someone who's considering making that leap, what would you say to them? First thing is, think of yourself a year from now. And how does that make you feel? Right? Like, I just reached a point where, listen, I didn't even know what it cost. I just joined up. Because I was like, whatever it costs, it can't be more expensive than a hospital bill if I don't stop. Right? So I just was like, if this thing really works, if I'm going to make this investment and it really works, oh my, like, how would that change my life? And if I don't invest in it, what is my life going to look like? And again, when you said dying on that hill, I was like, it just stuck with me. It's like that movie scene in an officer and a gentleman where, you know, he's like, Scott, where, uh, what's his name? Richard Gere is on the ground. He's going, I got no place to go. I have no place to go. And I felt so much like that. And I was like, and it just resonated with dying on this hill. I'm like, I don't want to die like this. I don't want to live the next year like this. So it was a no brainer. It was just a no brainer that if I gave it a shot and it didn't work, oh well. But if I gave it a shot and it worked, my life would open up, would open up. So. Thanks for sharing, Rona. Anything Thank else you, you want to say? No, I just, you know, um, I just, I think it was divine like intervention that you came because I was literally praying for an answer because I just, I was like, please just tell me what I need to do, what I need to do. And then I don't know, you showed up in my feed and um, it was just, I don't know, kismet from there, but there's no coincidences, right? And um, I'm just so thankful because... I would never in a million years thought that I would be saying these things that we're talking about now. So thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you because, I mean, I gave you the formula, but boy, oh boy, did you implement. And if someone does not have that deep fire within themselves to rescue themselves, it's just not possible. And you have totally that. agree. I totally agree. You can't half-ass it. You just can't. You have to make a decision that this is what you're going for. You're going to do, you spell it out. Like there is no confusion. There is no, this is what you need to do. You follow these steps. It couldn't be more clear. The support is amazing. And um, yeah, I'm not even trying to blow smoke up your butt. <laughs> just saying. Oh, like it, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's clear. It's simple. Like you said, it's not necessarily easy because you have to change the trajectory, the momentum that you've built up in a, 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 a one direction and you have to shift and it's uncomfortable in that shifting time, but it doesn't take long. What was, I think I was done with binging. I don't know. Before like, it was done. Before, before it was done. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. That's, that's well, thank story. you for sharing, Rona. I so appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on. And I know that one last thing that we were talking about is, you know, even just sharing the story. A lot of times, you know, with binge eating, there's so much shame around it. And 
Um, I know for me, when I started talking about it and I shared it with the first person who I ever told, it's, it started to lift and free. Of course, you do that with people who are going to be supportive and we know we're in a supportive space. But I just want to say I'm so proud of you for even like this step I know is huge, too. Like It is because it's been a secret and it's been something that I've never really shared. In fact, I shared it with friends in my community who were here before I even shared it with my family because... Um, it was just, I, I, it was just this shameful thing. Even the word binging, right, is becoming less triggering for me. Do you know what I mean? Because there's the shame that's associated with it. So this was a, a real blessing. It was me being courageous, stepping out into this expanded part of myself. And, you know, if it helps one person, right, then, then that just makes my heart sing. So. Mm. Thank you, Rona. Thank you. And, yes. And for those of you guys who are listening and if this is calling to you and you feel like you're ready, like you are ready and raring to go, I can tell you that, like Rona said, it is maybe not easy, but it's definitely easier than being here a year from now in the same place. And it is simple. And we again that even people who really do not even believe that what you're describing is possible. It is possible. And I've seen it again and again. So if you're ready to roll, just reach out to me. We can talk about it, bring up any concerns, any questions. Rona, you know that I that I answer, right? When when yes. you reach out and you were like, I have these concerns, these concerns, I'm going to be there for that step too. So feel free to reach out, guys. If you're ready to roll, rewired eating is the best thing I've ever created in my life. And if you're ready to free yourself from your eating disorder, I can help you. So um, with that, I will say thank you so much, Rona, for sharing of yourself. And we'll see you on the next episode. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode.